Hello, my name is Susanne. Welcome to the 80th episode of Handmade from the life of a knitting, singing, writing spinner. Today you're getting the eighth ever English episode. So that was my third try, and uh, I can't seem to uh, record eighth episode uh, without uh, pausing beforehand, because eighth is really hard to pronounce, um, apparently. So, um, you might be wondering why uh, you're getting this um, earlier than usual, because um, usually I do... Um, my episodes in such a way that your English episode uh, hits like uh, every 10 to 12 months. But um, I, um, I decided in January to do uh, more um, of everything. I'll talk about that later. And um, so I decided to record the podcast every other week. And so far, I actually have done it. And so I really hope that this episode will be shorter than uh, two hours, especially since it's now, um, well, one hour before dinner time. And um, I'd rather not uh, push dinner too far uh, back. So, um, and, and yeah, and the other thing I wanted to talk about is um, that I actually s uh, started a Patreon um, because, um, well, first I thought, oh, I want this uh, to make this podcast a bit, well, not really more professional, but um, spend more time on it and promote it a bit. And um, I mean, I'm doing this um, these days, I'm doing this uh, every other week. And um, actually, I um, published an episode last uh, well, last Friday, yeah, you don't know what day it is, uh, uh, a week ago, and um, I will record another one um, two days from now, so that I can stay in my publishing schedule, even though I'm traveling, we'll be visiting my parents, as we uh, usually do um, during Pentecost break, as it's called here in Bavaria, and um, so I thought, okay, I'll try to make this podcast better. I'm spending a lot of time on it and it would be fabulous if people um, would um, show me that they appreciate that by maybe uh, pledging uh, a bit of money. And um, quite a few did and I'm really happy about that. So I've reached my first goal and there will be a German newsletter every month uh, starting this month. Um, and I will have to think about what to put in that um, next week. Yeah, um, the other thing is that I don't really um, expect the, those of you who only listen to the English episodes uh, because they don't understand German to uh, pledge anything because you only get an episode a year or maybe um, two a year. Um, actually, I could have calculated that, but I'm not really sure if I say that it's 52 weeks in a year, and so that's 26 episodes. So you get two and a half English episodes per year. Yeah. So um, and um, I've uh, made it so that on the Patreon page you pledge and you um 
pay a dollar every time or more if you want to um, every time uh, there's an, a German episode and the English ones are free um, so you don't have to but I really appreciate uh, the people who do because um, then I can of course um, put more time and energy into the podcast um, and so in case you want to pledge but of course you don't have to. Um, the Patreon page is uh, patreon.com slash, that's forward slash, yeah, um, handgemacht, that's H-A-N-D-G-E-M-A-C-H-T. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as always. So that's the front matter. Um, and um, so I think I'll just dive in and uh, talk about what I have been knitting uh, during the past month, um, I think like I did the the last uh, English episode in January or so, and now it's uh, beginning of June, so that will be a half a year or so. Mm. So not quite as epic as usual, and I'm really really happy about that. Uh, I I bet you are too. <laughs> so um, I made these um, knee socks. Um, yeah, so um, there has been quite a bit of re-knitting uh, over the past, I think, year or so, because, um, as you know, I lost quite a bit of weight. Um, um, I'm currently losing uh, those last three kilos um, for the, I think, fifth time now. But if I look at my... Um, at the graph um, of my, my weight going up and down and up and down and up and down. Um, I'm actually the exact same weight as I was a year ago. But in between, I had hit my goal weight um, several times. Mm. So um, I still dream of the day when I'm just at my goal weight for the foreseeable future. But um, right now I'm thinking that I'll probably end up doing the up and down and up and down and up and down thing uh, indefinitely. Uh, and I'm totally okay with that. Um, the only thing I really don't want is to gain the uh, 30 plus kilos back that I lost. Um, I really feel much better now. Um, so um, there have been a lot of uh, things that I knitted that... Uh, didn't fit me anymore, and I decided um, to re-knit some of them. And one of those, or uh, rather two of those things, were the um, sunny knee socks, because um, I didn't know that before, but um, when you gain weight, your legs get bigger, duh. And so when you lose it, um, your legs get slimmer, which means that your knee socks won't stay up anymore. Um, so I ripped them all back and um, knitted them again and found, um, to my surprise, as usual, and, and I find this every single time when I'm knitting knee socks, that they are such a big project. And then I forget. And then I, I think, oh, I'll just make myself some knee socks. And then it takes, uh, I don't know, uh, longer than a cardigan or so. Mm. But they're done. Uh, but I haven't uh, worn them, actually. And I think, I think that's because I don't have an orange t-shirt. Mm. I think I might have to invest in some new clothes. So, so I used to um, wear them a lot with this. I had a brown dress 
And then when it was a little colder, I wore it with orange knee socks and an orange vest. And that was quite nice, but um, that brown dress doesn't fit me anymore. Hmm. So, yeah. So, But I got them done and it's all good. And the next thing uh, was also something that I re-knitted. Um, I had a Vigneau cardigan and that mm, never really worked because the yarn was just too bulky for the pattern. So um, the, the drape was off. I mean, um, Vigneau cardigan pattern is uh, written for worsted weight yarn. And I had something that's bulky or super bulky. And since I loved my autumn leaves car, in, uh, it was, that, that was what I call it. I'm not quite sure how it's called. The, the pattern is something with leaves, but you'll find all the um, links in the show notes as usual. So you can look them up there. So um, I made this, um, this cardigan. Uh, an orange one um, and uh, I liked it so much that I took the uh, yarn that I had from the Vigneau cardigan and made that into another one of those though I have to say that I didn't like the brown one uh, as much as I liked the orange one and I'm not quite sure why that is so that was um, hand spun Coriadale and I think the brown color is natural um, and it has a little gray sheen to it. I don't know. Um, and the other one I, I made, the orange one, is also uh, from Coriadale. So it's a bit scratchy, but I don't mind. But something about the brown one is off. I'm not quite sure what. It's still a pre completely serviceable uh, cardigan. And I did wear it. I just didn't wear it as much as the other one. But, well, that's okay. Then I made socks, lots of socks. Um, there was the, uh, I call it Windschatten. Uh, that was uh, the pattern Slipstream. It's a knitty pattern. And I saw that somewhere. I, s I saw a picture, I think, might have been on Instagram, because I'm on Instagram now. Um, and I really enjoy it very much. It's all, oh, nice picture, nice picture, nice picture, nice picture, uh, Ed but then somebody has to pay for the service and I don't really want to. So, okay, I'll flip through the AdWords uh, as well. Um, so um, that was the slipstream and the yarn I used was um, some that I had dyed last year when I um, uh, I did those uh, test dyes for the, um, for the fiber that I wanted to make a cardigan out of. Um, that was the fiber that I spun during the Tour de Fleece, I told you all about that. It was a total disaster. And um, But I had these um, f five skeins, I think, of uh, of sock yarn that I dyed in several shades of um, purple and fuchsia and uh, like, um, what's it called? Bordeaux? Uh, Burgundy, yeah, that's it. Um, and um, so I took one of those to make those socks and I really love them and I wear them all the time. And then I made the black rib socks. Now that is a pattern by Annie Fletcher and I'm not sure if I have talked about this before but I got on a really, really, really big Annie Fletcher kick. I have made 
I don't know, half a dozen of her patterns now. And I'm totally in love with the heel that she's doing. And um, her socks are pretty understated. So um, with the last one I started, um, I, I, I wasn't even sure if I should buy the pattern or not because I looked at it and thought, oh, this looks just exactly like the other one that I have, only there's ribbing there and there that is not in the other one. And then I thought, well, no, shut up and buy it because it was her idea and not yours. And um, knitting it from her pattern will be so much easier than um, uh, like uh, trying to figure out how to do it myself. Um, so, yeah, bought it. So um, the first one I did, no, I did another one. I did the uh, vanilla, uh, what, vanilla is the blue, black or something, and ribbing is the new. So I did several of hers, and um, I must have told you about them. Um, so I did the black rib socks for myself um, because I had, so I have inherited um, uh, like some stash from uh, a knitter, um, she was uh, the mother of uh, whatever, a friend of my husband's wife's mother who uh, died. And um, so he, he asked me if I wanted her uh, yarn stash and needles and notions and all kinds of things. And there were um, works in progress, like uh, really ugly things that she must have started in the 90s. And so those things I have to say, like um, Intarsia sweater in acrylic and blue and red, I threw that out. But there was also very nice yarn, which is still here. And there was like 500 grams or so of Regia silk. And um, so I made lots of black socks. And for that, I bought the um, black album uh, ebook of uh, knitting patterns though i have to say that a dear listener um gave me one of the patterns as a gift before um and i was really happy about that and um so um i made the black rib socks i made uh, black slant socks and i made the argyle socks they're all of that from not off from that um book um, and I made them all from uh, Regia Silk. And it was pretty funny. I, I told uh, a woman I met uh, basically at a pub and I said, yeah, I'm making these socks. And, and she said, oh, but that's Regia Silk. And that's much too fragile for socks. And I was like, huh? What are you saying? Yeah, you can't, you can't make socks from, uh, from this yarn. And I said, well, this is wool and silk and uh, acrylic. Of course I can make socks from it. And the funny thing is that there are people who make sock yarn from like um, blue-faced leather and silk, no acrylics. So because they know that silk is actually pretty sturdy. Um, so there are things that destroy silk and unfortunately sweat is one of them. But um, I thought, well, I have this huge stash of uh, this yarn and I can either let it sit there unused or I just make beautiful socks out of them and that's what I did and so far they have held up pretty well so and I even made two pairs for my husband 
who's really hard on his socks. He, they get holes pretty uh, soon. So, um, nah, I don't think she was right. So then I had the pie shawl. That was an epic, epic, epic thing. And I told you all about the... Um, so I, I had 200 grams of fiber and I spun them. And then I knitted the shawl. And then I found that I had only... Uh, I had used it all up, but the sh shawl was only half finished. It's the Oudre shawl by um, Anna Dalvi. And it's really nice, um, but I, I've almost forgotten about it because I, um, I finished knitting it. Um, so, of course, I ordered more. No, I did. I, I, I ordered more fiber, but I couldn't get uh, the exact same fiber that I had used the first time. So I ordered something else and then I hand carded it. And that took ages. And then I spun it and applied it. And then I um, knit the whole thing. And I was very fortunate that um, the batch that I had um, spun was enough. And I didn't need to uh, spin more because I was um, growing a bit weary of that carding and spinning. And I mean, I just started carding, so I'm not really all that good with that. And so preparation wasn't super duper. And so the spinning wasn't going as well as I wanted. And it was like, oh, no. so, but I finished knitting the shawl. It's really nice. But then I just bunched it up and put it in a bag. And there it's still sitting because uh, when I finished it, it was really cold and snowy and such. And I don't really have a place where I can. Um, block it and it really needs to be blocked and so um, just when I prepared for this episode I realized that oh there's this shawl and right now it's really really hot outside so um, maybe I should um, pin it out on the bed or I don't know someone said well why don't you take a sheet and put it on the grass in the, in the yard and then block it outside and I might do that I'm not sure I'll see um, then I um, sew buttons on the Crazy Stripes cardigan. I'm really happy with that and I've been wearing it constantly. So that was a really fun project. And for once I got to use really new fresh yarn that hadn't been knitted before. I already told you about the Argyle. Well, it's not really Argyle socks, it's just... Um, uh, a pattern that looks a little like argyle, but it's made with uh, lace instead of colors. Then I started um, pot holders, um, the next generation pot holders. That's a um, free pattern, I think, and it's a double knit. Um, and that was, um, well, a bit of a slog. Um, Knitting with cotton is not the most fun thing for me and um, double knitting goes really slowly and uh, I didn't enjoy it all that much. But I really enjoyed the potholders um, that I made before because I have made another pair um, some years ago and they uh, were in constant use in our kitchen. And um, so, and I, I didn't have another pair of pot holders uh, to change them out with because you have to wash uh, pot holders from time to time. So I made those. Um, 
there. Well, they're done. Um, and I'm happy, but I could be happier because um, the first one I did on two millimeter needles and it turned out a little loose. And, um, and then I started the second one on 1.75 millimeter needles. That's like a size double zero, I think, in US. And, um, and those were much better. And um, I ran out of yarn. So the second one has, um, it's, it's two, uh, two rows too short. Um, and if I had ripped the first one back and re-knitted uh, with uh, the smaller needles, I might even had, uh, have, have whatever um, enough yarn. But I just couldn't face knitting the whole thing again. So I just left them as they were. So now we have two pot holders that are slightly different sizes. And um, one of them is, um, it just stops after the last um, pattern row. There's no uh, space around. <laughs> so, and, and then I, um, I did the bind off with uh, both colors um, held together and made just a crochet chain so the, we can hang them up. And they're in constant use. I like them that they, well, as I said, would have been better if I had re-knitted the first one, but I didn't want to, so I didn't. And uh, they are fully functional, so that's great. Then I did a the reptile headband. Mm. Oh, and that's uh, that has a story because, well, how did that start? I wasn't all that happy with my hair. It's um, thinning. It's getting gray, which I don't mind, and it just hung loose, and it was all frizzy and uh, and greasy, and um, I wasn't just wasn't happy with my shampoo and with whatever. And so I um, thought about um, going the no poo uh, route again. And um, when you start doing that, you end up having greasy hair a lot, a lot of the days. And so I decided I needed a headband um, for uh, when I didn't use shampoo and my hair wasn't looking good. Um, the funny thing is that I um, ended up not going no poo because I was doing all this research and research and research and I even uh, bought everything I needed to do that. Um, so for those of you who don't know, no poo means you don't use shampoo on your hair. There are some people who just use water, but that doesn't work here. Uh, where I live, we have really hard water and... Um, so that um, builds up in your hair. Um, and so there are people who just use um, baking soda for uh, the washing and then um, a bit of uh, vinegar and water as a, like a conditioner. Um, but then I read... Um, testimonials from people who said, well, I was so happy with uh, the no poo, and then, uh, boom, all my hair broke off. 
Um, and so I was not sure if I wanted to go that far. And also, um, when you go in a pool, you basically can't go uh, swimming in a pool. And uh, I thought it was, I don't know, uh, not really hard, but I wasn't sure. Um, so um, I made that headband, but I never wore it because in the end I decided to um, stay with the shampoo that I was using before, but um, I don't uh, blow dry my hair anymore. And that is working really well. And uh, just, I don't know, a week ago or so, I changed to a different shampoo and I'm really happy with that one. So I'm not quite sure which one of the two shampoos I'll use in the future, but they both seem to work. And um, now that I'm no longer using a hairdryer, my hair looks much better. And um, I even, I'm thinking that um, maybe some of the hair is growing back, but I'm not sure. And that can't really be because of the uh, no hair dryer thing. Um, the other thing is that now that I'm uh, just uh, letting my hair air dry, it um, I have m wavier hair than before, and of course it looks a bit um, fuller. It has more volume to it because of the waves, so uh, that helps too. Mm. The only drawback is that I have to um, walk around with wet hair for, I don't know, an hour and a half after washing it. And since I always wash my hair um, around lunchtime, I often start um, teaching while my hair's not yet dry. But so far, none of my students has complained. And while I know that... Um, wet hair is not the most professional look uh it doesn't really matter um i hope that would be funny if uh, somebody cancelled lessons because i'm not blowed over uh, because i'm teaching with hair that's not quite dry yet mm -hmm. so then i started a pair of um leftover socks because um i was getting antsy i didn't have any sock yarn so I went through my um, stash of leftovers and I found like two combinations of three yarns that might work for um, socks. And I started the first one for my husband um, and I'm using the gum gum socks pattern. That's like a spiral sock. So you start uh, ribbing in one color and then after that you change and there's a method to it so that you do um, stripes where you only have one row and you don't have a jog because um, you you spiral around. Um, it's pretty clever. Um, it's just a pain to knit because you have to manage those balls of yarns, yarn and you have to um, like untangle them. But I found a way um, to knit them where they don't tangle. So I'm using three colors. You can do it with more. And um, I've done it with two colors in the past. It's a bit easier then, of course. So I'm putting my uh, balls of yarn on the table in front of me because I'm pretty much always knitting at the table in the kitchen. 
So I put one in the middle and the other ones uh, at the uh, outside of the table so that they're as far apart as they can be. And you basically knit uh, just one needle. So I'm using four, five needles, depends for it. And so I knit a quarter of the stitches, then I move um, to the where the next color is and I knit uh, again a quarter of the stitches then I move to where the next color is. And then, and that is the really interesting thing is, I don't move forward to where the first color would be, but I move the whole thing backwards. So I'm just twisting it one way when I change colors. And then when I change back to the first colors, I'm twisting it the other way, and so they all untangle. It's pretty smooth. Um, still, I'm not really in love with the socks, and so they have been sitting in their bag um, for quite some time now. I'm pretty sure I'll finish them at some point. Uh, I'm also pretty sure that that point won't be um, right now or next month. So then I decided I, I wanted a big project. And so I um, ripped back the uh, uh, L'Oreal cardigan that I made from black cotton yarn and re-knit that in like two sizes smaller. I just finished it this morning and the buttons are even sewn on because I want to take that with me next week when I'm uh, visiting my parents. So um, I just I finished it, I wove in all the ends, I sewed the buttons on, I washed it and it is drying and blocking. Well, not really blocking, I just, I'm drying it flat and I hope that that will be enough. I tried it on um, before washing it and it was just a bit too tight, but since it's cotton, I think it will grow a little in the wash. And if not, I might block it after all. Um, what I did and what you shouldn't do is I um, frogged the whole thing and then I didn't uh, reskein the yarn and wash it, but I just knit from the kinky yarn as is, which is mm, not really all that great. Um, and I think the whole thing turned out a little looser than uh, the last time. So, but I'll see how that um, works out. Um, I was just so impatient and um, one of our wash, wash basins is um, broken. So uh, when I want to wash my uh, wool or yarn uh, things uh, by hand, I have to use the kitchen sink and um, to find a time of day when that kitchen sink is empty and clean and I can I don't know, use it for half an hour or so without anybody needing to use it for cooking or so. That's um, astonishingly hard to find um, that time. So um, I just used the yarn unwashed and I hope this works out. And then I started another Annie Fletcher sock. It's called Solace. And I started it in bright red yarn that I dyed myself. I'll tell you all about that later. And I'm completely in love with it. Uh, just I haven't knitted on it for the past week or so because I decided that I needed to finish the cardigan. And now that it's finished, I get to knit the sock again. I did spin mm, not too much. I think 
There were weeks and weeks and weeks where I didn't spin at all or only like 10 minutes on a spindle. But I finished applying these um, red, black, blue-faced Lester silk uh, stuff. It's a lace yarn that I spun for the pie shawl. Then I got to start something new and I started a purple Malabrigo Nube uh, on the Loué Victoria and I'm using the high-speed flyer. Um, I'm really liking the high-speed flyer. The only thing I don't really like is um, threading the yarn through the arms. Um, I see why they build it that way and I think the um, very fast flyer on the... Um, What's it called? The other wheel that's tilted. Um, I'm completely blanking. Landrum. The Landrum. Uh, that one has a flyer where you have to thread the yarn through the arms of the flyer as well. And that's really fiddly and I don't like it. Uh, but just last week I found that um, when I um, disassembled the wheel to put it back in the bag because... Um, I usually put it away between spinning sessions, um, often even when I'm spinning every day, um, because it's usually sitting in my studio, and I don't know, um, it's a bit in the way if I don't uh, pack it. Um, and so I found that I could um, just leave the the the, the end of the, the thread outside the orifice, and just so I didn't, I don't have to thread it again unless the thread is breaking, uh, which does happen. But um, so when I stop and start, I can just uh, pull the flyer off the wheel and uh, put it away and uh, leave that thread hanging. And that's really helpful. I also did some spindle spinning, but not really all that much. Um, there's a picture. Uh, there um, of my um, Bosworth featherweight spindle and there's green merino silk on it and then that's like I don't know half a gram or so it's just the barest start of the next part for that sock yarn that isn't going anywhere and then um, I also spun a bit of Targi on my IST Crafts Turkish um, which I'm liking, and I'm, but I'm still not sure if it isn't too slow. Um, the Turkish spindles, hmm, I like them, and some things about them I don't. Um, but the targi is often uh, with that that uh, Turkish is often the project that I bring along um, because I packed it in a, a little cosmetics bag, which is a slightly padded so I'm not uh, too afraid of breaking the spindle because it's really lightweight it's only 11 grams that's like a third of an ounce and um, and so um, yeah um, but I can just um, put the whole thing in that bag and put the bag in my purse and go somewhere and have a spindle project with me. So I'm doing that quite a bit. Um, though I have to admit that lately I've often just uh, taken the bag with me with a spindle, 
not unpacked it, not spun on it, and returned it home. So I really hope that the whole thing doesn't, uh, that the fiber won't felt from being carted around all the time. So yeah, some of these days I'll uh, do more spinning again, probably during the Tour de Fleece. So there was some crochet. Um, the Jehan cardigan got buttons and I wore that a lot because we, I don't know, it was pretty cold for a long time and then it got really hot real fast. So today it's really, really hot. Um, um, but um, so the Jehane was a success and I was wearing it a lot. Um, that was only the f also the first cardigan where I tried out to um, use the spin cycle on my washing machine. And well, I wouldn't do that every time for the same garment, but uh, it did work pretty well. And if you have a crochet uh, cardigan made from uh, worsted weight yarn, that is pretty heavy and it takes ages to dry. But um, putting that in the spin cycle in the washing machine was really helpful. Mm. Um, yeah, and then I just made a swatch because I was so in love with the flore crop top pattern uh, from Interweave Crochet. I'll talk a bit more about that, I hope, uh, later. Um, so I really wanted to make this, but um, I didn't quite know what yarn to get because this is like a short-sleeved summery top made from worsted weight yarn in Tunisian crochet. So this is basically unwearable. Even if uh, the yarn is um, wool and cotton. And I think with the cotton that should be pretty heavy. Um, but it looks just so nice and I couldn't figure out how, to, how this was made. And so I, um, I just tried it out. And then because I, I really wanted to crochet something and I really wanted a big, 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 big project. Um, and then uh, Kim Worker um, linked to the Sophie's Universe um, pattern and I had seen quite a few of these crochet blankets um, on Instagram and oh, the, 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 that pattern is just so lovely and so I had this really deep seated urge to make this pattern and then I, um, I briefly thought about spinning for it and then I realized I was completely crazy and that I didn't have the time because we had this uh, big performance coming up at the beginning of May and so I decided to order some yarn and I wanted it to be wool yarn, uh, but I didn't have a lot of money. So I uh, ordered some uh, um, inexpensive uh, yarn from the De Volknoll. And I'm not crazy about the colors, but it's working. Uh, but sometimes I really wish I had uh, bought one of the packages um, that they offer for the blanket. Um, and so I started it and I whooshed through the first, I don't know, five parts or so. But right now it's just so 
hot and um, I put the blanket away at the beginning of May because of the uh, performance and we had like um, two members of the band staying over and we uh, all the band um, ate at our place like twice a day for three days in a row and so I just put the blanket into the bedroom and um, and since then, I have had trouble to get back into it. But I think that's mostly because of the weather, because it's just so warm and hot. And um, so sitting under a wool blanket crocheting is not all that appealing at the moment. So I'm pretty sure I'll get back to that and I'll finish that eventually, but just not right now. But it's, it's lovely and the pattern is so great. And I bought the book. And that's just, uh, I don't go for uh, paper patterns usually, but that book is really a lifesaver because you have all these techniques and stitches explained and the pictures are just gorgeous and the book is my, uh, gorgeous and wonderful and I love it. So then I didn't weave a single thing, um, mostly because of the performance and the rehearsals and then... I've been getting a little more serious about writing so and about practicing my instruments. And so, um, yeah, time is hmm, a bit sparse, so no weaving. But I will soon, I'm sure. Um, but I did some sewing, but only because I had to. Because um, we did this performance. Um, my husband's idea was to do a... Um, Summer of Love, uh, 50 year concert. And well, at first he wanted to do a psychedelic rock thing. And that's what we did, but nobody knows what psychedelic rock is. And that it happened in 1967. And um, it basically stopped after that. Um, but some of the um, I want to say tropes, but I know that's the wrong uh, word for music. Some of the things that make a psychedelic rock piece or psychedelic rock piece, like weird sounds like sitar and backward sounds and all kinds of things, um, that um, became part of just mainstream rock music. Um, and so a lot of bands tried a lot of things and a lot of bands had just like one or th two or three songs out and then the band uh, disappeared or so. Um, where was it? Oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping around in my outline. I'm finding that uh, because I wanted to talk about dying uh, first. Well, not dying as in death dying, but in as in changing color of things with, um, yeah. So, um, no, I'm, I'm talking about sewing first. So I needed a dress for that performance. That was the main important thing. Um, uh, we had uh, done a, a concert pretty much like this one two years ago. And then I had uh, sewn myself a, a shift dress that was a bit like a courage uh, dress. But... I lost so much weight that not only could I not wear that dress again, uh, I lost so much weight that I couldn't even alter the dress to fit me now. So I had to sew something new from scratch. 
And I couldn't start really early because I didn't know how small I'd end up. Um, but um, so I think I wanted to start making the dress in March and I ended up doing it last minute as usual. Um, this time I had a magazine from Buddha um, that's, uh, I don't know, the Fantastic 60s or something. And they uh, collected a few um, 60s parents, original parents from, uh, that had been in the magazine in the 60s and did a few stories around it and styled them a bit more modern and showed the, um, the original version of the dress and how you could make it now and wear it and not look like a clown. And so at first I wanted to make uh, the dress uh, that's called Tina. And that's, I think that was from 1964, no, I don't know, not 1969, but nobody would ever know. Um, I mean, you, you won't get up on stage and somebody says, but that dress is not a 1967 dress, that's a 1969 dress. Yeah, right. Um, it had like a, an underdress and a uh, chiffon, is that the right name? I don't know. Um, overdress and then it had really big belt sleeves and of course mini skirt. And since I was not only singing background but also doing percussion, belt sleeves were not a good idea. So I wasn't sure if I should make that or not. And I thought, well, I'll just do the under, the, the, like the inside dress um, in some cotton fabric and be done. And then I looked at the dress again and then I wasn't sure. And then there was the belt and the big bow and, uh, and I didn't know. So I started um, uh, cutting out the pattern. So I traced the pattern and cut it out of uh, tissue paper. And then it sat there and I wasn't sure. And I thought, well, I should do uh, the original dress only without sleeves. But um, if I don't make sleeves, what do I do with the armholes? And so I didn't know. And then in the end, I went back to the magazine and chose a different dress. And the funny thing is that the one that I chose was a baby doll dress. I think it's called Mia. I'm not quite sure. And so that has like um, uh, an underdress and then a whole lot of fabric on top. Um, I don't know if you know what a baby doll is. It's like a um, nightgown with lots of till, um, like flowy, uh, and it's completely shapeless. But the, the underdress of that, and I'm, I'm, I'm just totally struggling to remember what you call a footer uh, in English. So you have to, well, and that's why I'm saying underdress and shift all the time. Wait a minute. Ha, I didn't even have to look it up. I remembered it's a lining. So you have a lining dress and the uh, over uh, part. Um, so I just uh, used the pattern for the lining and uh, bought some uh, cotton fabric and uh, uh, made that dress from... Uh, so, so I just had 
one dress to sew and not two. Um, I put the zipper into the side seam and not the back. And what else did I change? Uh, well, I, mm, nothing much, I think. Um, so the the uh, fabric is really sixties um, like. It has like it looks. Um, the pattern looks like sixties um, wallpaper, only a smaller uh, pattern. Um, and um, I added a loop at my neck for my headphones and. Um, and then I found that in between deciding which uh, size to make and um, actually sewing the dress, um, I might have lost a few more pounds. Um, and I'm also, <laughs> I'm one of those people who has like one or two sizes, uh, is one or two sizes um, bigger uh, on the bottom than um on top and so I should have made the dress um, smaller um, and then I should have made but the skirt a little wider because I still needed to um, sew as close to the um, edge of the fabric as I could. Um, I made, did I made a, a muslin? I think I made a muslin but I never finished it. I just thought, oh, I'll just change this and that and that it will be okay. Uh, but it wasn't really. The whole thing was just a bit too big and shapeless. Just teensy bit. Um, and I didn't really know what to do. But then I told a student, I said, well, and I don't know what to do. And she said, why don't you just wear a belt? I was like, uh because it it was uh, the fit was uh, all right in the shoulders and in the hips and just the whole waist area was um, horrible yeah and so i did that i wore uh, just a leather belt and that was very good because i could uh, loop my uh, the cord from my headphone through that because we had really fancy in ear monitoring where we connected headphones with a cable to the PA, that was fun. So um, yeah, and uh, I made the dress and it was a real success and I'll probably never wear it again, but I finished it on time. Um, I just, um, I think a day before the performance, I realized that I had hand sewn the, um, the neck band uh, the wrong way, so I uh, I sew the uh, the top to the middle instead of the bottom where the neckline is. So that looked a bit weird, and I had to redo that. <laughs> but at least and 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 I had a big trouble uh, putting the zipper in, uh, so it's not invisible at all. Um, I had to uh, close some really big holes by by hand, uh, but still. It works fine. Um, I got quite a few compliments for it and I felt really good um, on stage wearing it. And the performance went well as well, um, which I'm really happy about because um, this project was really important for my husband. And this time the songs were quite a bit um, more complicated than the time before. So we weren't sure we could pull it off, but it went reasonably well. So the first evening, 
went great. And of course, um, we had a recording failure, as you do. And the second evening was not quite as good because we um, it was just the next evening and we were also tired and had trouble focusing. But it was all right. And uh, yeah, a lot of fun in the end. And I'm also very happy that we won't be doing that um again soon <laughs> so because this is really we we worked for two years towards this and um for several months i practiced those songs every night and my husband uh, even more so and um we had all the people staying here while we were rehearsing and so that was quite a bit of work so i'm glad that's over um yeah and then i dyed some yarn um, because I was completely out of sock yarn uh, or any yarn and so I, I still had some undyed trekking uh, yarn sitting here and so um, and I was always thinking well um, how do I want to do that and which colors do I need and and so then I realized that I had never just tried the Ashford dyes uh, as they are um, when I did that um, fiber and yarn with the burgundy fuchsia violet uh, shade, not violet, purple uh, range, um, I just used uh, like um, black, yellow, red, magenta, like blue um, colors. And But I did have the, the others like russet and emerald and whatever. And so I um, decided to just use some of those colors and I used um, russet, scarlet, purple, uh, some dark green, I don't remember the name of that one, and emerald. And it came out really nice. Uh, only the purple isn't purple, it's fuchsia. And that's what happened to me the time before when I used that. So I think if uh, I really want purple, I'll either um, mix primary colors or put some black into the purple um, that I have. Mm, so, um, and it was just like, uh, after the performance, I thought, oh, now I'll have all the time in the world to do things. And of course, that wasn't true. But there was this one weekend where I thought, I'm dying this now, because if I don't do it this weekend, then the next one will be this, and the next one we have that, and then we have, and I won't have time for this until like August or so. So right now, so I have five uh, new skeins of scarf yarn, and um, and I, as I as I told you before, I just um, started knitting the solace socks with the scarlet uh, color and. I'm really loving it. It's a uh, color just between fire engine red and really bright orange. And I love it. Um, I wouldn't want to wear it next to my face, but uh, on my uh, feet, I, I don't mind at all. And you know how much I love orange and red. So that's almost uh, perfect. 